morning, everybody, and welcome to Healing School. Healing School is a place where people come to hear and to be healed. They come to do what? They come to hear and be healed. Now, I want you to know something today. Healing is available 24-7. It's been available before you ever come into this earth realm. God saw what you would need and he provided it for you ahead of time. But sickness and disease was never the will of God. And I'll take you a step further. Did you know man was never meant to die? This is healing school, right? Man was never meant to die. Now, when I say man, I mean mankind any person. They were never meant to die. Death came in with Mr. and Mrs. Adam because of what he did. That's what death came in at. That's what sickness and disease came in. But it never was so from the beginning. Well, Father, we thank you. We praise you today in the name of Jesus. We pray for every person who will come in this class today, those who are here now. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. I decree and declare today is a special day in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for sending your word to us. We praise you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. And today we are talking about the power of your words. The what? The power of your words. Now, today you're going to find out when the scriptures say you can have what you say, you're going to find out how big and how true that is. Many people are stopping themselves from being healed. And you're going to see how today. Maybe some of you in this class right now, you are doing it. But today it comes to an end. Because the Bible says, get knowledge and get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get understanding. Understanding is a powerful thing. You're going to receive that today in this class. And... Well, let's just do it. Okay, Prophet, good morning. Good morning again. I'll be filling in uh, with Apostles' notes. Okay, so let's get started. For a long time, I was confused over the fact that in my own life and the lives of others, there was a continual sense of defeat and failure. I prayed for the sick. I knew that the Bible was true. And I searched diligently to find the leakage. One day I saw Hebrews 4 and 14. That we are to hold fast to our confession. In the third chapter of of Hebrews. I discovered 
that Christianity is called the mm -hmm. great confession. Mm -hmm. I asked myself, what confession am I to hold fast? I am to hold fast to my confession of the absolute integrity of the Bible. First I am Paul, to hold right there for a second. I want you to pay attention to words here. Look at that word confession. You can see very clear how powerful and what it means this morning. It has everything to do with your healing. It has everything to do with your life. It has everything to do with you. Let's continue. I am to hold fast to my confession of the absolute integrity of the Bible. I am to hold fast to the confession of the redemptive work of Christ. Mm -hmm. I am to hold fast to my confession of the new creation of receiving the life and nature of God. I am to hold fast to the confession that God is the strength of my life. Wow. I'm, I'm to hold fast to the confession that surely he had borne my sickness and carried my diseases. What and did that he by do? his that he bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases, and that he and that by his stripes I am healed. Now that word bore is a little bit vague to some people. Explain that to them, if you will. It says that he had borne my sicknesses and carried my diseases. He took it in his own body. He, he carried it like a weight, like uh, a sack, a baggage of a heavy weight that was on us. And the Bible says he bore it. He carried it. He, you know, when we look at Jesus carrying the cross, he bore that big cross on his back. Yes. He had some help getting it there, but he carried it. And that's what he did with our sicknesses. He, our sickness and our diseases. He took it on himself that's because right. he because he could, and that we don't have so that we don't have to carry the weight of it. We don't have have to carry the the, the very source of that sickness in our that that plague I call it in our own bodies any longer because he's. He's got it. That's he right. took it away. Yes. And so we oftentimes make the confession that if he bore it and he carried it and he took it, I don't have to. That's right. And we really don't. So basically that's what it's saying. So he had borne my sicknesses and carried my diseases and that by his stripes, I'm healed. You can see that in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. I found it very difficult to hold fast to the confession of perfect healing when I had pain in my own body. I made the discovery that I had been making two confessions. I've been making I had two confessions. Yes. I had been confessing 
the absolute truthfulness hmm. of the word of God. And at the same time, I was making a confession that I was not healed. Now, this is, this is so vitally important. This is big, folks. This is where many people live. You know, it's like a cow. A cow can give you a good bucket of milk. And if you're not careful, he'll kick it right over too. This is where people kick right over what Jesus had done for them. Pay attention to words. You're going to see it. Okay. I found it very difficult to hold fast to the confession of perfect healing when I had pain in my body. I made the discovery that I had been making two confessions. I had been confessing the absolute truthfulness of the word of God. And at the same time, I was making a confession that I was not healed. If you, you had hear asked, that. If you had asked. If you had asked, do you believe that by his stripes you are healed? I would have said, yes, sir, I do. But in the next breath, I would have said, but the pain is still there. Mm. The second confession nullified the first. The so first, in reality, the second confession did what? Nullified the first. It took it so away. In, yes. Keep going. So in reality, I had two confessions. Wow. First, a confession of my perfect healing and redemption in Christ. And second, the redemption and healing were not a fact. Now let's pause right there for a second. Because this is where many people live at. They'll quote the scripture. Oh, yes, by his stripes I'm healed. But in the next breath, they'll also give testimony to the pain is still there. Well, wait a minute. Which one is it? Can a fountain bring forth sweet and bitter water at the same time? What are we saying here? You may be in pain, but that pain will leave. It'll do what? The pain will leave. will leave. It can't stay. Once you find out, watch this prophet, the truth. And what does the truth do? Makes you Makes free. You free. Makes you free. Now, yes, it may be a fact that the pain is still there. But the truth always outweighs the fact. What do I mean by that? You are not to be moved by what you see. You are not to be moved by what you are hearing in your ear. You are not to be moved by what you feel. You're only to be moved by the word of God. Isn't that right? Absolutely. What did Dr. Jesus say? See, people, you know, we go to the doctor. 
I have a doctor. The prophet have a doctor. We're not against doctors. We are all for doctors. But what is your sickness going to do when it runs into the real doctor? Jesus. Are you listening to me? What is your sickness going to do when it runs into the real doctor? Jesus. The one who took your sickness, he bore it in his own body. He took it. So if he took it, guess who don't have it? You. So how can you keep hurting when he took it? Death and life, my dear brothers and sisters, is are in the power of your tongue. That means, watch this here, and here's what we're talking about here. You have what you say. You are experiencing what you have been saying. See, at first you say you're healed. That's your first testimony. And then we turn right around and X that out. How? By giving voice to. But I still feel sick. You done nullified the first testimony. What do you say, Prophet? Absolutely. And I think, Apostle, um, you know, that's where uh, a lot of loving Christians miss it. Yes. Because they they love God with all their well, yeah. heart. And just like we, you know, we're hearing from this message this morning. You, if you would ask me, do I love God or is he my savior? Oh, yes, sir. I, I'm sure he is my savior. And by his stripes, I am healed. We, we know that. We, we look at that as being what the scriptures say. And so we say it. But I think where the problems come is uh, we have not been taught properly that that's all we should say. That's right. I, I don't think we've been, we've gone far enough into uh, exploring the facts that once you are a new creature in Christ, meaning you become saved, sanctified, and filled with the spirit of God, that's all you should say. Mm -hmm. You should ignore, so to speak, the feelings that's in your body. They're there, and that's the fact. The doctors will tell you what they found. They will tell you it's an ulcer, it's a cancer, it's a diabetes, and that's what they do. And they, they're going to explore. They're going to scientific experiments and all kinds of technology that's there to share with the patient what they have found. But then, too, that's why you go to doctors to find out what is that? What is this pain? What is, it, what is the root cause of this pain? That's why we go to doctors. And they are brilliant, most of them. But then you have a choice to make because there are two avenues you can explore. I'll never forget, you know, our father in the gospel when his little niece uh, was diagnosed with this dreadful sickness or disease that came upon her. He asked her, which one do you want, honey? 
because whatever you want is what we're going to do. You want to go to the, you want to have the operation or do you want to be healed spiritually? That's and right. remember her, remember, she said, yes. she said, Uncle Ken, I want to be healed spiritually. He said, and that's what we're going to do. So they didn't go to the doctor. They didn't go through the surgery. They did what they needed to do. Now, it's a good thing that this young lady had been taught how to get her healing spiritually and how to hold it. See, that's where we miss it in the world. We want the spiritual healing, but we have not been taught about spiritual healing. Because once you make it up in your mind that you want the spiritual healing, you can't walk around talking about, but I still feel sick. That's right. You, you, you can't do that because that's what we're looking at from our notes this morning. One confession will what nullify the other. That's Once right. you make it up in your mind, which one do you want? You want the surgery because the surgery will, you know, you've got to go through the procedures of being cut on. And thank God for doctors. They sometimes it's, it's successful. Sometimes it is not. But then when you choose the healer, He's not going to just, you know, temporarily cause a, a healing. No, no, no. It's for good. He's removing it. He's not covering it over. He's not giving you medication. He's ridding it out. He's getting rid of it. And we have a part to play in that, in that we have to make the right confessions all the time. And I think that's what we miss it. So that's what we're looking at today. Mm -hmm. we we make the confessions that we see in the scriptures but but again this in our ministry this is why we share with people do not make the confessions until you are fully watch this persuaded of what you believe because once you believe that you receive your healing truly believe it you're going to stand on that confession and that confession alone. No one is going to have to encourage you to keep saying the same thing. No, the Bible says Abraham was what? Fully, fully persuaded. What, what does that mean? There was no going back. You know, no. when you're on a plane and you hear the pilot say we're committed, that means we're, we're in the air. <laughs> this, is a, this is a done deal. We're headed for somewhere. And so, you are committed to staying with the confessions of faith until you see the manifestation of what God has promised you. That's right. No matter what the pains are saying, no matter what the symptoms are trying to make you uh, feel like, oh, they're there. Sure, they're there. But every time <laughs> the pain gets tough or harder or rough in your body, that's the time you go deeper into confessing what thus say the Lord. And we're going to see that in our notes. Let's continue. So he said, what we're saying in our notes, Apostle saying, first, a confession of my perfect healing and redemption in Christ. And then second, the redemption of the healing was not fact. Yeah. Then came the great battle to gain the mastery over my confession until I learned to have but one confession. Mm -hmm. If I confess that my God supplies my every need, which is in Philippians 4.19, I must not nullify that confession by saying, yes, God supplies my needs, but I cannot pay my rent. 
I cannot pay the telephone bill. You see, you we have to that? get we have to get past that. That's right. Faith holds faith holds fast to the confession of the word. Sense knowledge holds fast to the confession of physical evidence. I'm going to say that again. Faith holds fast to the confession of the word. That's what I was explaining to you a few minutes ago. That's right. Once you make the decision that I'm going to be healed by the confess by confessing what God has said, then that's what you're going to hold fast to. You're not going to change because you have decided to take the route of spiritual healing. Mm -hmm. But now on the other hand, since knowledge holds fast to the confession of physical evidence. Mm -hmm. If I accept physical evidence against the word of God, listen carefully, then you nullify the word as far as you are concerned, as far as you, you know, your healing is concerned. You nullified the word of God. Mm -hmm. But I hold fast to my confession that God's word is true, that by his stripes I'm healed, that my God supplies all my needs. I hold fast to that confession in the face of apparent contradictions, and he is bound to make his word good. Did you, hear Did you that? get that? <laughs> He's bound to make his word good when you hold mm. fast to it and you say, I'm not changing. I'm just not changing my confession. I'm going to keep saying that God, by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm going to keep right. saying he supplies my every need. I'm going to keep saying, you know, I'm, you know, I am. God has taken Jesus for my sins in his own body and by his stripes. You, you're going to keep saying that the pain is racking in your body. You don't see the money in your bank account, but you're constantly saying that God supplies your every need. Don't say I can't pay my rent. Don't say I can't pay, even if you don't see the money. Your confessions, based on what he has said, is causing him to what? Make it good. That's right. It's causing him to bring the money to you. It's yes. causing him. To, now he's out getting that money for you. Now he's getting your healing for you. You see it? Because you are holding fast. To that confession. Many believers have failed when things become difficult because they lost their confession. Mm -hmm. While the sun was shining brightly, their confession was vigorous, it was strong, it was clear. But when the storms came, the testing came, the adversary was taking advantage of them. They gave up to that. They gave up. They gave up their testimonies. That's right. Every time you confess disease and weakness and failure, you magnify the adversary above the father. Say that again. Every time you confess disease or weakness and failure, you magnify the adversary above the father and you destroy your own confidence in the word. Did y'all hear that? Every time you yes. say I'm sick, oh, but I still mm -hmm. feel the pain. Oh, this wrong, that's wrong. This, you, you got what I'm saying to you? 
You are canceling out your healing. You are canceling out your victory. See it? That's what's going on. And Satan is taking advantage of you. How? Because he know you are not familiar with this. He wants you to keep talking the problem. He wants you to keep saying, here, pooch, here, pooch. Oh, that old stupid dog is gone again. Well, wait a minute. You are calling pooch because you don't see him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? You are calling the dog because you don't see the dog. Then you're trying to say, oh, that stupid dog is gone again. Folks, listen. Your words have power. We're talking about the power of your words. Not just in the area of healing, but in your life, period. See, if you prayed in faith, you know you was in faith. First of all, God heard you, and he answered your request. Did you know that? Yes, he did. What happened? What happened? In the earth realm where we are, you canceled it out. See, this is a word planet that we live in and live on. It is controlled by what? words you see it absolutely and that's why he said in proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 that death and life us are in the power of your tongue you have what you say that's why he said in mark chapter 11 and verse 22 have faith in god then he told you in verse 23 of mark 11 you speak to the mountain In other words, you speak to your sickness and disease. You speak to that high blood pressure. You speak to that heart. You speak to that bladder. Glory to Jesus. Do you see it? Folks, I'm telling you, it will obey you. It will, listen now, it will obey you. Come on, prophet. Praise God. And it works in every area uh, of your life. It, it just is so. There's confessions that we make. Uh, this is the same process I use and I've shared many times when I was given a traffic ticket. And really, I was not guilty of what the traffic officer was trying to make me or what, uh, say that I did. And so when he gave me the ticket, I said, officer, I was not speeding. And his words to me was, tell it to the judge. And I looked him straight in his eyes and I said, I'll do just that, but I'm not paying this ticket. And so he said, tell it to the judge. And lo and behold, let me make a long story short. It took six months to get before the judge. But in the process of time, within that six-month period, there was many, many opportunities. They kept trying to get me to, uh, we'll reduce the charges, just pay the ticket. I said, I'm not paying any part of the ticket. Well, Miss Elder, why don't you know, why don't you just take a, a lesser charge? I said, I'm not taking any kind of charge. Six months, they kept trying to get me to change my confession. Are yeah. you listening to me? But I said, I held hope. I held, 
I held on to my confession. I'm not paying this ticket and I am going to talk to the judge. Well, I didn't know. I've never been to doing anything like that. And it was not the money because the ticket, I, I think they wanted two, $300 for it. It was the principle of the way he was handling me. Tell it to the judge. I said, I'll do just that, but I'm not paying the ticket. Well, right. our pastor and I got together. We made our confession. We said that we, the judge would be in our favor. We said that, you know, That's the justice right. would be, we carried out and the judge would be in my favor. So long story short, I didn't know what was going to happen. On that particular day, six months later, when the case was brought before the judge, up to the time I stood before that man, I didn't have a clue what was going to happen because I'd never done that before. But I, I held I held on to my confession. I'm not paying this ticket and I'm going to tell it to the judge and the judge will be in my favor. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what happened. The judge said, Miss Elder, you know anything about this type of procedure? I said, no, sir. He said, well, you're here to prove your case and the, the they're here to prove their case. And they said, you, you know, uh, was speeding and you have to prove your case. And if you don't, you're not only going to pay the ticket, but you're going to pay the court costs. I said, I understand. He said, they're going to go first and then you're going to go. So he looked at them and said, go ahead and make your case. And they did everything they needed to do, said everything they needed to say. And I was still standing up there. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how God was going to do this. But I had said the judge would be in my favor. That's what That was my confession. When it came my turn to prove my case, I was about to open my mouth. I didn't know what I was going to say, but I knew God was going to fill it with something because my yeah. faith was not in me. It was in God. And That's the minute good. I was getting to speak, the judge said, case dismissed. I said, what? That's right. He said, Miss Elder, they didn't prove their case against you. And he was, they were trying to say, hey, wait a minute, we did. He said, no, you didn't. And they kept, they were very persistent. The judge, he hit the gavel on it. He said, I say you didn't prove your case. Miss Elder, you never did, he said to them, he said, you never did prove that that, that was Miss Elder driving that car. Now think about that, guys. I didn't know how God was going to bring that, those charges to naught, but he brought those charges to naught. Are you listening to me? I was standing up there amazed at how God handled that. But in the final analysis, the judge was on my side. I didn't pay a penny. Kate, the charges were dismissed. Why? That's right. I never once changed my confession never from the did. day that I made that confession six months prior. I said, I'm not paying this ticket. He said, tell it to the judge. I said, I'll do just that. And so when uh, Larry and I prayed about it, we said the judge would be on my side. Wasn't that judge on my side, Larry? Yes, he was. Thank you. And every day well, we gave praise and thanks to God for it before we amen. ever went to court. We kept never, saying it over and yeah. over again. We kept thanking they, God for it. That's right. And they tried to put me in fear about all kinds of things. You know, when you go before the judge, this can happen. That they let it happen. But I have yeah. God on my side. See it? My that's confession right. stayed the same. Through yeah. all the, the trials, the tribulations, the fear tactics and everything they tried to pull on me every time I went there. Throw the, you know, push it back and push it back. Took six months, but I finally got to see the judge. That was my confession. And when I stood before him, he was on my side. I didn't yeah. know what he was going to say, but look how God fixed that. And God will fix it for you as well. But your confession has to say this must stay the same. You must have the convictions of your own con confession. You see it? You must be convinced. You must. 
Make it up in your mind. And until you do that, do not make a fake confession. Amen? Don't do it. You ought to hold fast to your confession in the face of apparent defeat. You ought to study the word until you know what your rights are and then hold fast to them. You see it? Mm -hmm. Every time you confess disease and weakness and failure, you magnify the adversary above the father and you destroy your own confidence in the word. You don't want that. So you ought to find out what your rights are. For instance, you know that he says, surely he had borne our sickness and carried our diseases. Now you can make your confession. Nay, in all these things, you are more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37. Mm-hmm. There you can make a confession. Greater is he that is in me and he that's in the world. John, 1 John 4 and 4. You can make your confession there. So stand by your confessions through thick and thin, through good reports and evil. You know that your confession is according to the will, to the word of God. And when you know that it is according to the word of God, know that God is working to cause it to what manifest. Revelations mm-hmm. 12 and 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's right. By the blood of Jesus, that's the lamb. And by the word of the testimony, your testimony is everything. And, and we can't stress it enough. Do not make a confession. Don't just say the word. Don't just look at 1 Peter 2.24 and say, well, God said he bore, Jesus bore my sins in his own body on the trees on the altar, offered himself on it that I might die, cease to exist to sin, live unto righteousness by stripes I was healed. Don't say that like, you know, just reading it. Don't just get to. Don't continue just reading the word like a first grader. Begin to study the word. Study the word. Study the word. Go from reading to studying. Know what every word means. Get your Greek and Hebrew concordance if you have to. What is that? It'll tell you the origin of those words. It'll give you the meaning of what that passage means and what it's saying to you. And then when you have a better understanding of it, child of God, now you're ready to what? You're ready to stand by what you have said. You have the convictions of your own confession. You will say it. You will hold fast. You will be like Abraham. The Bible says this man was fully persuaded. You're going to get to the place, right? Give you an example. Can I convince you that your name is not what your name is? Can anybody convince me that my name is not what my name is? No, I'm fully persuaded of what my name is. Why? It's on my birth certificate. However many years you've been in this world, you've been using that name all those years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30, 50, 70, 80 years. You've been using that name. You are fully persuaded that is your name and no one can convince you. That's what it means to be fully persuaded. That's right. You have to get like that with the word of God. You have to get to the place where you said, no, 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 no. Jesus said it. I believe it. And I take it by faith. You have to get to that point. You have to get to that place. If you find it in the word of God, child of God, it's yours for the taking. But you must believe it. You must believe it uh, through the good times and, and through the not so good times. 
Don't mm-hmm. don't just say the word of God because we are all together. And, and that's true. That's something we do. We go into the church, into the house of God, and we're all on one accord, you know, and it's easy to believe the word that we all say the same thing. But when you leave the, the body, leave the, the word, the house of God, and you come around relatives who don't believe like you believe. You come around neighbors, co-workers, whoever. They don't believe what you believe. It's easy to believe the word when you're in a house full of, you know, people that believe the word of God. We're all together on one accord. It's easy. But what do you do when you come against the doctor or come against the attorney or come against your children or come against your family members who definitely do not believe what you believe? Are you going to change your confession because they don't believe it? Mm -hmm. No. See, that's the time. That's the time you stand, you stand according to your own convictions or what you believe. That's right. You hold on to it. You hold on to your confession. Just because they don't believe the word of God doesn't make it any less so. Are you listening? You have to make it up in your mind. I'm going to believe God or I'm going to believe the devil. Which one are you going to believe? And listen, it's nothing wrong with having surgery. Let me clear that up. I would prefer you to have surgery than to call yourself walking in the spirit, but you are not in faith. Are you listening to me? Because it's not going to work for you. When you make a decision that you're not going to have the surgery, you're going you're gonna to receive your healing through the word of God. You have to be in faith for that. Mm-hmm. You must be in faith. Never make someone try to make someone, you know, have a go, go the, the way of the word of God, but they're not in faith. Uh, as again, I'll show you a good example. My father in the gospel was a man of faith and his wife yes. needed a, a, a procedure on a surgery on her neck. She had a growth on her neck. But 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 he asked her, he said, honey, do you want to have because you don't have to have this surgery. You know that. Well, she knows she didn't, but her faith was not there. Yeah. You see it? She was not in faith. Her husband told her, you don't have to have the surgery. But according to her, she had to, she felt, he said, where are you? Tell me. He said, wherever you are, I'm going to get an agreement with you. Do you, do you feel like you don't have to have the surgery? Do you feel like you can be, this can be delivered? You can be delivered by the word of God. Which, where are you? And she said, honey, I think I need to have the surgery, but I can believe for a speedy recovery. I can believe that God is going to be with me and he's going to leave the doctors and everything's going to go fine. And, and then my father in the gospel said this, well, if that's where your faith is, I'm coming down there with you. Are mm-hmm. y'all listening to me? Don't try that's to make right. people be in faith where you are. I want you to get this. But the best the best healing is to go the way of the word of God. Because when God does it, it's done. It's a done deal. Amen. That's but right. you see, her faith was not up there where her husband's faith was. And he understood the power of that. If you are not in faith, he knew if she was not in faith, then that procedure was not going to go well for her. But so he said, I'm going to come down here. And get in agreement, according to Matthew chapter 
What does the Bible say? Matthew 18 and 19. He said, this is a place where you and I can get an agreement. She mm-hmm. agreed. He agreed with her what she said. She said, I believe that I'll have the surgery, that it'll go well, that it'll be a speedy recovery, and God's going to guide the hands of the doctors. And her husband said, then that's what we're going to do. Now, according to his faith, he, he said, I, if it was him, he didn't even have to have surgery. He could just believe God. And that thing would go away like that. I want you to see everything plainly. Child of God, you must develop your faith. Yes. In the word of God. See, it'll work for you if you believe it. But if you doubt, it's not going to work for you. That's right. Are you, are you listening? That's right. Absolutely. But you must, you must, you must understand spiritual things. And yes. we want to make sure that you do. Don't try to force your beliefs and feelings on others and don't let them force their feelings and beliefs on you. If you believe the word of God and your confessions are lining up with the word of God and you are in faith about what God said, it'll work for you. That's right. Every time. Yes. Because God is not a man that he should lie. What he said in his word, he's going to make it good. But Mm -hmm. you, and this is one thing uh, Apostle has been teaching on in the last couple of months. God supplies the power, but we supply the faith. Are you listening? You must supply the faith in the word of God. You must make sure when you make that faith confession that you 100% persuaded. You're convinced. You are just like Abraham. Abraham was fully, fully persuaded that yeah. what God said, God was going to do it. That's right. You you have to be the same way. I hope this bless you today. I, I want you to read the scripture before we before we go to the phone line. Romans chapter three and verse three. <clears throat> Give me a second. I want everybody to write the scripture down. Romans chapter 3, verse 3 in the King James Version. Okay. Romans 3 yes. and 3. Yes. King James. Okay. Yes. I'm pulling it up. All right. I'm up. It's a little slow this morning, but I, I'm getting there. So here we have Romans 3 and 3 in the King James, and it says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief Make the faith of God without effect. One one version says it this way. So what if some don't believe? The Amplified says, what if some did not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and his fidelity to his word. That's the Amplified. Look at it in the CEV. In the CEV, it says, it is true that some of them did not believe the message. But does this mean that God cannot be trusted? Just because they did not have faith? Wow. Are you gonna get are you gonna stay sick because somebody else don't believe? 
I think the one you're looking for, Apostle, is in the message. The message says, so what? There it is. Yeah, it says, so what if in the course of doing that, some of those Jews abandoned their post? God didn't abandon it didn't abandon them. Do you think their do you think their faithlessness cancels out the faithfulness? Hmm. See God no, no. didn't God didn't abandon them. Praise God. Do you see that? So God what if some don't believe? You. That's right. No he does not. Mm -mm. No. It doesn't matter if they don't believe. What mm -hmm. matters to God, you believe. See, again, the prophet said mm -hmm. it, but again, you supply the faith. God's part is to supply the power. I love this passage, that you, this verse. You know, for what if some were without faith? This is the ASB. For what if some were without faith? Should their want of faith make of none effect the faithfulness of God? See, God is faithful. That promise. That's right. He is faithful. But just because you don't have faith doesn't nullify what he has promised to do for you. Because you have a lot of people in the world today. Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe. That doesn't mean God is not going to carry out what he said he's going to do. You see it? That doesn't mean because they don't believe it, you won't receive your faith. No, you no. hold faith. You hold on to what God has said and what you believe God will make happen. Watch this for you. That's right. For, for you. you. For you. you. That's why we stress all the time. Do not wait until you need faith to say, I need faith. Or to try to use faith or try to get faith when you need it. For example, what am I saying? There's a there's a situation that has come up. You, 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 you've been diagnosed with something. You didn't know you had it. And now you say, well, okay, well, I'm going to go stand on the word for this. I'm going to get the word of God and see what God says about it. But you haven't developed your faith in that. It's just words to you. You see it? You just read 1 Peter 2.24. What does it say? You know, who is on self, Jesus Christ, bear my sins in his own body on the tree, is on an altar, offered himself on it, that call your name. I, Helen Elder, my dying, cease to exist to sin and live unto righteousness. By his stripes, I was healed. That doesn't mean just because you read it, you have faith to receive that. By his stripes, you are healed. Just because you read that doesn't mean that it is so. Because the reading of the word doesn't make, doesn't make it happen for you. What makes it happen for you is you believe in what you read. Mm -hmm. Are you listening? What That's makes right. it alive unto you is you've been reading this all along. All along. You've, been, you've been putting that in your diet every morning. You've mm -hmm. been you, so much so that you, it's in your heart. It's not just in your Bible. It's in your heart. And when you need it, you can go and what? Pull it up. That's what we mean. Don't wait till you need faith to go start trying to get faith. You see it? No, you, 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 you've been doing this all along. This is a part of your daily routine, reading that word, trusting that word, studying that word, saying that word, receive it until it has what now become a part of you. And so now when the diagnosis comes, you say, okay, well, I know what to do. I know by the stripes of Jesus, 
Thank you, Father. I was healed, and that means I'm healed right now. So this thing has to get up out of my body. I thank you, Father. I'm going to stand on your word. You said it. I believe it, and that settles it. I take it by faith. It's happening for me. Are you listening? See Mm. what? What am I saying? This is now coming up out of your heart, not just off the pages of the Bible. This is not something new to you. See, you've been doing this all along. You've been eating this food, this, this fight food every day. And you are strong in faith right now. You're strong in faith. And that fight that you've been developing every day, it's now going to pull this this condition out of your body. It's Mm -hmm. going to force it out. It's going to run it out because you're just going to stand. I mean, you're going to stand fast in that confession and you're going to say nothing else. Oh, you know, it's in there. You know, that sickness is there. You know, you know, the, the condition is there. You know, it's there. But you also are full of faith in the word of God. Do you see that? Yeah. You are also full of faith. And that's in there too. You're not trying to just now put it in there because you just found out about it. No, it's in there. And now you can pull it up because you have it. That's the difference. That's what we mean when we say, don't wait until you need faith. You know, something has happened now. I need faith. But I've never been trying to stack up on, on faith. I've never been trying to build my faith. I've never even, you know, tried to even find out what faith is. But now I'm going to try to use something that I don't even know what it is. Can you see that? Is that plain to you? Mm. No. You Don't wait until you need faith to go and try to get faith. Build your faith every day on the word of God. That's right. Praise God. Amen. The word is needful. Amen. We have been talking about the power of your words. Your words have power. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Jesus said you heal. You say what he said. Get in agreement with, with him. How do you do that? You say what he said.